Please listen carefully. Welcome to the NC State Philanthropy Podcast, telling the world how we think and do the extraordinary through the support of our friends, alumni, and more. I'm your host, Taylor Pardue. On today's episode, we're taking a special look inside NC State's Memorial Bell Tower with Dr. Tom Stafford, a member of the pack whose legacy will forever be linked with this hallowed landmark. State Philanthropy Podcast. Uh, we're coming to you from the inside of the Carillon Room in the Memorial Bell Tower. You just heard the real bells that are now part of the Bell Tower after a century in the making. Uh, with me here today is the Vice Chancellor of Student Affairs Emeritus, Dr. Tom Stafford, uh, really the historian here at NC State for all things Bell Tower. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, well, thank you, Taylor, and uh... Good uh, afternoon or good morning to all of you out there, wh- whichever time it may be. Uh, it is a beautiful day on the NC State campus. The sun is out, there's a light breeze, but Taylor and I are in a really cool spot right now. We're sitting in the Carillon Room uh, right below the bells in the NC State Alumni Memorial Bell Tower. And uh, I'm very pleased to have this chance to share just a little bit of the history of this magnificent place and uh, to talk about the impact that a very major financial gift to the university has had on our campus and on the Bell Tower. The Bell Tower was um, an idea that alumni came up with at the end of World War I. And they thought that the college, and back then we were called State College, they thought the college should do something to remember and honor their fellow alumni who went into military service and who died while they were in service during World War I. From my point of view, the most important thing to remember about our beautiful uh, Memorial Bell Tower is that it is not just a bell tower. It is a memorial bell tower. And it was built to honor our alumni who died while they were in military service during World War I. So remember, this is a memorial tower and it is a military memorial tower. So they started the uh, construction in 1921 when they laid the cornerstone. And over the next number of years, they had to stop construction on the tower twice. And in both cases, they had to do so because they ran out of money. It was over the Great Depression and over the Second World War that they worked on this tower. 
So finally, in 1937, with money from the WPA, which uh, was a federal stimulus program designed to get us out of the Great Depression, money came to the college from that program, and the college was able to finish construction on the tower in 1937. But it took 10 more years after that to raise enough money to install the clocks, the lights around the base, and the very first Caroline. They purchased a Caroline and installed it in a small room in Holiday Hall because they did not have money at the end of the project to purchase bells. So instead of bells in the top of the tower, there were speakers. And those speakers projected uh, music and chimes over the next uh, great number of years. And during that time, I think most people thought that there were bells in the top. I mean, it sounded like bells, and, and people thought that's what they were. So um, around... Um, 2009, plus or minus a year or so, uh, Matt Robbins, a student at NC State, and some of his uh, fellow student colleagues initiated a grassroots campaign to raise money to purchase bills to go into the tower. And they were successful in raising enough money to purchase five bills. And then after that, the campaign uh, really slowed down and pretty much stopped until the summer of 2017. And that summer, Bill and Francis Henry brought their son, William, to campus for freshman orientation. And Bill was, is an NC State uh, alum. And after the first day of orientation, they were staying at the Aloft Hotel right across the street. And after the first day of orientation, they happened to meet Alan Taylor from our advancement office. And a discussion about the Memorial Bell Tower and the fact that we didn't have bells, but we were trying to raise money to purchase them. The conversation continued and uh, before you knew it, Bill and Francis Henry told our chancellor that they would give the university the money to purchase bills for the top of the tower, and we needed 55 bills to uh, build uh, a room and build a caroline to go uh, into that room that would be right below the bells, and that's where Taylor and I are right now to uh, build a staircase that would go from the shrine room all the way up to the Caroline room to uh, heat and air condition the tower and to completely renovate and restore the shrine room. Uh, and then finally to build up an incline on the outside that would allow people in a wheelchair to be able to come up to the door to the shrine room. And before all this was done, people in wheelchairs had no way to get into the shrine room. 
they said they would give us the, the money to do all of that if the chancellor would promise that all of the work on the bell tower would be completed in time for the bells, the new bells, to chime in honor of their son's graduation four years later. And uh, as you might guess, the uh, chancellor quickly accepted that offer. And uh, four years later, May last year, 2021, we had a wonderful dedication ceremony. We recognized and thanked the Henry family for their magnificent gift that transformed the bell tower. And uh, someone came up and sat on the same bench that I'm sitting on right now and played about a 45 minute concert on our bells, on our new Caroline, in honor of William Henry's graduation. So the university has named the, uh, the grounds outside of the tower and all around the tower, Henry Square, to honor that family that gave that incredible gift that transformed this most iconic, most beautiful, and most sacred place on our campus. It's quite a story. And the timing was perfect too for the century of uh, construction to 1921 to 2021. Exactly right. Uh, you know, people can't believe that the construction on the Memorial Bell Tower began 100 years ago. And last November, uh, on November the 11th, Veterans Day, we had a special ceremony to uh, commemorate that historical event. So 100 years ago they started, and here we are today, 100 years later, uh, with a beautiful tower. Uh, I forgot to mention that the outside was also cleaned and restored. That's true. And so right now, the bell tower is absolutely beautiful, uh, both on the outside and on the inside in the shrine room. And if you've not seen the shrine room and would like to go on one of my tours, uh, at the end of which I take the group inside to see the, uh, the, the shrine room and to hear some of the stories about the bell tower, uh, contact me and we'll find the time and I'll be glad to do it. Well, Bill and Francis Henry represent uh, the very best of uh, philanthropy for their alma mater. You know, Bill was a student here and he went out and did very well. And he and his wife thought that they should do something to return the favor to NC State in recognition of what he did on this campus and the uh, success that he had as a result of that. And uh, that's what giving back is, is all about. That's what it means. And we're very proud of that family. And, and now, I mean, when I take people inside the shrine room, I could not be more proud. Sure. It is a beautiful, beautiful room. And it is the most sacred place on our campus. Uh, I don't know if we got time or not, but if you get on the tour, I will explain some of the traditions of the bell tower, one of which is for students who have purchased an NC State ring 
they are invited to come to the bell tower one particular afternoon and we unlock the door and let them bring their own ring in the box you know they can't open the box and look at it that's bad luck but they can bring their ring in the box into the shrine room and place it right next to the plaque the sacred plaque which has the names of all of our alumni who died during the war and their ring along with all the other rings will spend the night in the bell tower and um, I can't tell you right now exactly what happens that night because it's a top secret but all I can say is that something very mysterious happens in the shrine room the night those rings spend the night there and that has become a really really cool tradition on our campus how long have you personally been leading these tours and in addition how did you come to be involved with the bell tower you, <laughs> you really are the de facto historian for the bell tower now at nc state well, um, just tell us a little bit about your journey how you came to nc state if you would like and then as well uh, how well, you became so involved with the bell tower yeah i uh, I did my master's degree at NC State back in the mid-60s and got to know and work for Banks Talley, whose name is on our student union today. And after I finished my Army obligation and finished my Ph.D. at Florida State, Banks Talley invited me to come back to NC State to work here, and that was in 1971. And I was really uh, in the, at the right place at the right time and I was able to become the Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs in 1983. And um, doing a tour of the Bell Tower was never in my job description. Uh, nobody, nobody ever told me I was supposed to be <laughs> taking people over to the Bell Tower and taking them inside. But one day in 2008, okay. that's what, 12, 14 years ago? Uh, a student leader came into my office in Holiday Hall, and he wanted to know if I could and if I would take his group inside the shrine room. You know, I never thought about it before. Uh, but I got the key and I took him in, and when I saw how excited they got and how many pictures they were taking, holding the door open to prove that they had been inside the, the uh, shrine room, I knew right then there was a good opportunity here. And the word spread, and um, over the last 14 years, uh, I've had a lot of people ask me to give them and their family or their group or their friends or their colleagues uh, the tour that I've organized. And it runs about an hour and a half. And I've given that tour now right around 800 times. I, I could give you the exact number if I were to go back on my calendars. I keep a track of every so tour. Okay. But um, it's, it's right around 800, and people kept asking me to develop a tour of Reynolds Coliseum. And I, I was pretty busy doing tours of the Bell Tower, so I, didn't, I wasn't able to do that. And they kept asking me, so I finally gave in and did some research, and... I mean, what I found on Reynolds Coliseum was absolutely amazing. So I put that into a PowerPoint presentation, and my Reynolds Coliseum tour 
I've done about 150 or so of that tour. Those have turned out to be pretty uh, popular also. What is it about the bell tower specifically? You've been retired about 10 years now, right? Yep. What is it about the bell tower that keeps you so active still on campus coming to do these tours? and um, Just tell a little bit about how you've seen yeah. the bell tower. Well, you know, this has happened. Right? It, was, <laughs> it was not anything that I set out to do. Uh, but once I started doing the tours, I began to understand that most of the people on the NC State campus don't know the history of the bell tower. And they have no idea that this is a military memorial. And it symbolizes NC State's long and very proud history and tradition with our military. You know, we claim that we produce more ROTC graduates who have gone on to become generals in our military than any other university in the nation except for the military academies. I mean, you know, and we should be very, very proud of that. Absolutely, yeah. And even the ones who've not become generals, you know, they served and served with a great distinction. So we have a very proud history on this campus of our connection to uh, the military. And I'm an Army ROTC lieutenant myself, and I wanted to help spread that word and, and to try to do what I could to increase the knowledge that students and faculty and staff on this campus have about this beautiful tower. You know, people say the bell tower, the bell tower. Uh, I wish they would say the Memorial Bell Tower. Yeah, absolutely. Because it is here to honor those men who died while they were in military service. So uh, that's been what motivates me. Speaking of that, what we've talked about the Shrine Room, talk a little bit about the plaque in particular that's been restored and everything through this campaign too. Um, talk a little bit about the names on those. Yeah. Um, Thank you, that's a really good question. Um, they, uh, they prepared the plaque back in, in uh, 1940. Well, it was finished by, by 1947. And they decided to inscribe into the marble plaque the names of all the NC State graduates who died while they were in military service. And they put the names on the plaque and put the plaque up and then after they had done all of that they discovered that they had made a big mistake and that mistake was that they had included the name of a man who was still alive he had been wounded uh, in combat in france um, he had been put into a french hospital and word came back to the college that he had been critically wounded so they assumed he would die, sure. and so they included his name. Well, he didn't die. He recovered. He comes back, and he comes in and looks, and there's his name among the dead. So they had to figure out a way to solve that problem, and no, they didn't take him out and shoot him. That's not the, <laughs> that's not the right answer. They decided to change his name on the plaque. Okay. And I'm not going to tell you which name it is, 
because if you take the tour or come into the shrine room, I'm going to ask you to find the name that they changed. Uh, all I'll say is that they changed his name from his real name into another name. And when they did that, they said there was no known person at that time with that new name. Almost sort of a uh, tomb of the unknown exactly. sort of thing. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it was uh, designated as a symbolic name that represents all the NC State alumni who went into the war. Something else that came out of uh, the Think and Do the Extraordinary campaign and the Henry's Gift, I believe we actually added one extra name into the Shrine Room, correct? Correct. Uh, that was the name of a man who had gone into the uh, military um, in the fall of 1918. No, I'm sorry, 1919. And he caught the Spanish flu. And the Army discharged him. He'd only been on active duty a few months. They discharged him with the flu. He went home and, and he died about a week or so later. And the Alumni Association decided that it would be appropriate to add his name it's inside the shrine room. So it's there just to the right of the uh, sacred plaque. Uh, one other thing about the plaque, uh, they did not have the money when everything was finished to put gold leaf on the letters uh, of the names on the plaque. So uh, when we did the renovation, that was another feature that was added. Okay. And uh, it really adds a special quality to the plaque. When I, when I have a tour group, I like to take them inside the room, turn off all the lights, and close the door. Okay. And it's pitch black. And then I hit the button that lights up the uh, lights on each side of the plaque. And every time when I do that, there is a very audible ooh or oh wow sure. in the room. I mean, it is a spectacular image when you enter a dark room like that and all of a sudden, boom, that plaque just comes uh, illuminated. So uh, that's the way I like to introduce people to the shrine room. Uh, listeners may have heard this kind of creaking in the background uh, <laughs> that we had talked about a little bit before we started recording. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, that's, a, that's another really good question. I've been up in this room a number of times, but today is the first time that it's been kind of quiet and just the two of us. Sure. Uh, so that I've been able to notice that noise. And it sounds like the creaking on an old ship. And Taylor was the one who uh, identified that noise that way. And it, it's right there where the clocks are located. We're right behind the four clocks. And I don't know whether it's the movement of the hands on the clock or the movement of the hands causes the wood panel that's on the uh, inside of this room to uh, Sound, yeah. just creak a little Bow bit. a little bit, yeah. yeah. It sounds like it could be either one, but... It's definitely attached to the clocks. Yeah, it does. And it's, uh, you know, when you first hear it, it's, it's a little uh, little eerie. The individual 55 bells now, many of them are, uh, through the Henry's gift, dedicated to different people. They have different names. You actually have your own bell up there, too, right? Yes, I do. I'm very proud of this. Um, 
Bill and Francis Henry and their family, they have their names uh, on the largest bills after the largest bill, which was a gift from the class of 2010. So the, the really big bill was given by the class of 2010, and then the next bills, the next largest bills, all I think about four, all have Henry names on them. And then the name of the bell that has my name on it was a bell that the Henry family wanted the university to do. And I was very honored when they told the chancellor they wanted that done. And so uh, there's a bell up there with the Henry bells and others that has my name on it. And if you promise you won't tell anybody <laughs> I did this, I'm looking at the peg right now that's connected to my bell. And I hope you can hear it. Go for it. On the podcast. <laughs> but this is, I'm going to ring my bell. It's very faint. It's not hard. It's, it's a little hard to hear it in this room. Hopefully you can hear it a little bit better on the outside. The Henrys were gracious enough to give one. I want to give a shout out to my editor, Lisa Hall, at Development yeah. Communications. She actually has one of her own bells up there, too. Yeah. So it's, it's been a very, um, very gracious gift from them. It's yeah. really benefited a lot of people on campus, all of, everyone on campus. Absolutely. Really. There's, there's no question about that. And, you know, I met them uh, when they brought their, well, soon after they brought their son up here and gave them my bell tower tour. And so I've gotten to know them, and they're just a wonderful family. I mean, we're very proud of them as NC State alums. You've talked about uh, going into the Shrine Room before and after the renovations. What's it like now to, when you first came in, this was basically a hollow tube all the way up to the Belfry area. But now with Staircase, the Carillon Room itself, the roof to the Shrine Room, What's it like to, to be able to look up and now see this full bell tower that's really come to fruition? Uh, well, I don't think I can uh, think of any words that can adequately describe uh, how wonderful this renovation is and how I feel about all of this and what it's like to come in now compared to before. Now, before, the shrine room was nice, mm-hmm. you know, and the plaque was beautiful. It, it did not have gold leaf, but it was a sacred place. Sure and a beautiful place. It did have a lot of water damage that had taken place over the years, and I was very concerned that that had happened and that it continued to happen. In fact, the water damage had begun to damage the letters on some of the names on the plaque. And I knew that the room could eventually be renovated, but when I saw that the water had begun to damage some of the names, Then I really got upset and finally was able to convince the university to come in and remove the original historical plaque and put it in a safe storage place. And they took a photograph of it and mounted that photograph on, a, on cardboard and put it up and it looked exactly like the plaque. Yeah. I mean, the original plaque. I would bring people in and... There's the chiming on the half hour, too. Right. Now, that one chime indicates that it was the half hour. So we, we had perfect timing, Taylor. We're we up, did. We did. We're up here at just the right time. 
But uh, the the shrine rooms appearance now is, I mean, it is gorgeous. And before I would say it was very nice and it was very sacred because it had all those names on the plaque, but it doesn't even come close to uh, what it looks like today. And the staircase that goes, that lets people come up to this room that we're in right now is uh, marble and brass handrails and it also is very uh, beautiful. Speaking of repairs and different things that have happened to the bell tower before the campaign, after the campaign, tell us a little bit about the lightning <laughs> strike. Uh, well, I'll, I'll give you a, 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 a teaser. Okay, okay. Um, I finish every bell tower tour by telling the story of the day that lightning hit the bell tower. And uh, I'm not going to do the whole story right now. It no, no, takes, no, save it for the tours. So yeah, it, it run, to tell the story, it takes me about close to 10 minutes. Okay. But um, on a late spring day back in 2009, uh, a very bad storm came across the campus and a bolt of lightning hit the top of the bell tower. And uh, I happened to be uh, close by and a student who knew me called me over and told me that the lightning had hit the bell, top of the bell tower and he had seen it and it had knocked off a big piece of uh, granite from the top corner of the bell tower. And um, I'm not gonna tell you uh, much more about this story, except to say that what happened after that point, um, I would say is an absolutely incredible story. And so today, what is that, 13 years later? Today, if you stand in the right spot, over towards uh, the front of Holiday Hall, and you look up at the top right-hand corner of the bell tower, right below the solid granite cornerstone, you can spot a hole in the granite where that piece of granite used to be. And what happened to that piece of granite is the part I'll save for the tour. It's quite a story. If you haven't already, we really do encourage you to come out and take Dr. Stafford's tour. Or if you've taken it in the years past and now right. haven't seen the renovations and everything that the Henrys have made possible, uh, please do come out. We'll, again, we'll put that in the show notes and uh, just make that a part of your NC State campus tour as soon as you can. Dr. Stafford, thank you so much for your time and uh, really just from all of us for everything that you do for the Memorial Bell Tower and for NC State. We really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and get to hear more about the bell tower. Ple the pleasure be all mine. Thanks, That's sir. a Bob Dylan line. <laughs> <laughs> but it, thank you very much for what you had to say. To schedule a tour of the Memorial Bell Tower with Dr. Stafford, please visit go.ncsu.edu slash tower tour. For stories, photos, videos, and even a virtual walkthrough of the bell tower, visit go.ncsu.edu slash legend. If you'd like to hear even more stories of Wolfpack success, please subscribe to the NC State Philanthropy Podcast today in the Apple or Google Podcast stores, on Spotify, or through Stitcher. Be sure to leave us a comment and rating as well to let us know how we're doing. Thanks for listening, and as always, Go Pack!